Welcome to this uh, special episode of Cap Talk. We're today talking about the uh, reactions of the AFCON draw, the uh, Total Energies Africa Cup of Nations Cameroon 2021, which will be uh, starting in three or four months from now. And also we'll take a quick look about the uh, groups of the uh, FIFA World Cup Qatar 22, uh, 2022 qualifiers. Uh, today we are uh, we are happy and uh, honored by having Olwashina Okoliji from Nigeria and from BBC Sports. Olwashina, it's, it's very nice to have you uh, on board. Yeah, thank you. And also uh, we're uh, happy to have uh, Amr Fahmi. He's uh, Amr is from Egypt and works for Bean Sports. Amr, it's nice having you here. And also we're honored to have uh, Momodo Ba from Gambia, from the Standard. And uh, Momodo, congratulations because you now you are, uh, you know, the the most uh, new uh, debutant in the AFCON. So, and uh, we we're happy to have you with us. We'll take a look at the Afcon uh, draw uh, because the, you know last week it was the, uh, the draw in Yawendi. Uh, Amr was uh, was in Yawendi, so I think he can uh, we can start with Amr that can tell us like a quick uh, impression on what he saw in the Afcon draw, and then we'll go through the groups afterwards. Thank you, Adil. Well, it, uh, for me the first impression that it's a very balanced draw. There there is no group that you can say the group of death. Uh, that one that we used to have uh, over the past uh, few uh, editions of AFCON. Uh, well, honestly, I think uh, all sides maybe will be uh, on Algeria in Group 5. Algeria, the reigning champions, of course, they will have to face uh, Cote d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast, very early in this competition. And it, it reminds us of uh, a lot of classics between uh, both uh, sides in 1990, 19. Uh, in 2015 as well, and then uh, in 2010, and uh, even last edition in 2019 in Egypt, when uh, they drew 1-1 in Suez, the Battle of Suez, and then uh, Algeria went on to win on penalties. So I think that this uh, might be the most interesting uh, tie in the group stage. Of course, Egypt and uh, Nigeria is also a very interesting one in uh, Group uh, D. Um, for the host Cameroon, I think they uh, they may have what it what it looks like an easy group, but it's not like that. They have the Cape Verde, which is a very uh, very modern team. They they play modern football. They uh, they are very uh, very smart tactically as well. And they have Burkina Faso, who are always in in the mix to cause trouble for the big teams. And um, of course, uh, Ethiopia coming back after a very long time. I think they, they, they also can spring a surprise here or there. Same thing for Gambia, and I'm very pleased that we're models uh, with us here. And I think Gambia, having the, having qualified from a very tough group that uh, included uh, DR Congo and Angola, of course, they, they, they have the right to dream to go uh, far enough anyway. It's uh, it's a very balanced draw, as I said, and I think uh, maybe maybe uh, all the all the all the talk about uh, having some favorites will be among the classic teams: Egypt, Nigeria, Algeria, Senegal. But at the end of the day, uh, there is some feeling that one of the not of the debutants, but one of the uh, second seeded teams or third seeded teams can spring a surprise in this uh, edition. Olashina, we met in uh, in the past Afcon, and uh, we had uh, 
you know, like they were fun times together <laughs> during the games. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, and we had that talk about uh, extending AFCON to 24 teams. Now this is the second edition of, uh, of AFCON with 24 teams. So yeah. what do you think of the of the draw in general? We'll take we'll take uh, a look of, on each group afterwards. But now what do you think of the draw in general? And also how can you see the the AFCON with the with 24 teams for the second time? I think to start from the back, when you have 24 nations, you would expect certain teams to qualify. Well, South Africa will be watching on telly and they consider themselves to be one of the giants of African football. Remember, they won in 96 and they'll be watching Zambia, 2012 champions. They will also be at home watching this tournament. So it goes to show that while some teams went to bed, others wake up from it. Um, Madagascar were at the last AFCON and we all saw um, what they did there, but they are not going to be here now. So the expanded CAF, um, African Cup of Nations give... Um, you know, countries that they used to call tiny African nations, the opportunity to punch above their weight to also come in. Um, we, we are happy to have Mamaduba and Gambia. Um, when you look at a coach like Tom Sanfier, like I mentioned earlier, no one thought he could actually pull the Scorpions into the African uh, Cup of Nations. But here we have them. It throws the excitement of the African um, Cup of Nations that some, con some continents actually wonder, what do we do? What, 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 what is it that Africa do every time when they come together? It's color, it's passion, it's everything. And um, the last tournament in Egypt clearly showed that um, a 24 African Cup of Nations is a possibility. So we are happy to have that. And when you look at the group now, the countries that we come in, um, I've seen Amr there mention Nigeria and Egypt. Everyone is saying, um, in Nigeria here, people are saying, we've never beaten the Egyptians. In, in the opening game or in the African Cup of Nations when it comes to the group stage. So it's it, it tends to be a tournament that everyone will be looking forward to, even though Egypt, historically, um, have won more African Cup of Nations than Nigeria, than any other nation on the continent. There is a growing belief in Nigeria that um, the likes of Mohamed Salah will not pose any problem for them. Then again, you go to the group where Cameroon is. Everyone is saying Cameroon, Burkina Faso. We, we, um, we also, um, that if the host nation does not get started, they may struggle as the tournament progress. So I, I am happy with this, with this, with this grouping. And um, I want to link towards what Amber said, even though people have said group C, group D is the toughest group, group of death. There's nothing like group of death. Everyone is going to come out alive. And um, we know that some countries are just, just need to up their games to actually prove pre-tournament um, conversations that they are favorite for the tournament. Nigeria coach has to win. Ghana coach says he wants to win. Um, you know, um, Cameroon must win. So everyone wants to come there to win. So it makes for a competitive AFCON already. Let's take a quick look on the on the groups. We have Group A uh, with the hosts, Cameroon, Burkina Faso, Ethiopia, and Cape Verde. Uh, Amr, uh, you... Uh, you mentioned that uh, this group is. It looks like Cameroon and Burkina Faso are the uh, favorites, but also we don't we don't have to under underestimate Cape Verde or Ethiopia. What do you think about the group? Yes, exactly. Uh, well, actually, Cameroon is uh, the top favorite to top this group, but uh, we have to bear in mind that Cape Verde is playing very modern football. They are very smart tactically, very sound, and I think. Uh, um, the, the way they play, the way they can deal with uh, heavyweights. Uh, is, very, is a very good advantage for them. So I, I fancy Cabverdi to go through with Cameroon in this group, even though um, Burkina Faso has been uh, like uh, finalist in uh, 2013 and semi-finalist in 2017. But there are some 
some group of players that were uh, that have become uh, veteran players uh, right now, like Aristide Banse, Petroi Pa, who are uh, Nakulma, not uh, they are not there anymore. Even uh, Charles Caboret, it's not it's not very uh, it's not very it's not going to be very easy for him uh, to be uh, to be there in Cameroon. So I don't expect Burkina Faso to to, to go all the way, even though they are still, of course, a, a very strong side. Ethiopia, they come. They come back after eight years of absence, so uh, they have uh, they have the passion, they have the hunger to prove themselves. They are one of the founding nation of uh, founding nations of CAF, so uh, they have uh, they have the mo the motivation. But do they have the means to to go further? This is the question that they have to answer when uh, the group uh, kicks off in, in January. But uh, it looks like uh, Cameroon will take charge of this group uh, somehow easily. Uh, second place, I think Cavardi has uh, a slight advantage over uh, the other uh, two teams, either whether Burkina Faso or Ethiopia. Uh, Ulashina, you mentioned that uh, despite that we're having all of the top guns, or, or we're, su we're supposed to have all the top guns, but we're not having South Africa or Zambia. And uh, only the only two Kusafa teams that qualified are uh, Malawi and Zimbabwe, and they are in the same group alongside Senegal and Guinea. Uh, how do you see the, the group B with the uh, Two from the West and from the I think clearly everyone would expect um, Senegal finalists from 2019 to actually top this group. The outside Yomani, Edward Mendy is undoubtedly the finest African goalkeeper in world football at the moment. And everyone would expect um, Senegal to top that to top that group. But remember, it's only Cameroon since 1988 AFCON that a team has gone to lose the final to come back and actually win in 1988 in Morocco, 88. So it's going to be for Senegal an opportunity to actually um, win the tournament because remember they were finalists um, in 2002, finalists in 2019. Aliou Sisi and his team will want to go a step further. And then when you look in, in that group again, where you have the two, like mentioned, the two Southern African teams, we rarely see them play together in African Cup of Nations. Here we are having Malawi and Zimbabwe and you're wondering, are we in the African Cup of Nations for real and not the Kusafa region, regional tournament? So it goes to show how these teams too would always um, look at themselves and say, mm, maybe um, here's an opportunity for them to actually um, try as much as they can to, to finish in the top three. Because Guinea in that group, Guinea, they have a um, plethora of stars in the French Ligue 1. They have some of them scattered around Europe as well. They are a very strong team. The Sili National are unpredictable. Sometimes you don't know what Guinea team to, to, to expect. Are they going to be the Guinea team that will be firing in all cylinders or the same Guinea team that will come to the tournament and flatter to deceive? So I think in this group, I expect Senegal to top the group, Guinea to finish second, and the third place is between the Kosafa teams, maybe Malawi or Zimbabwe. But I, I, I would actually fancy Zimbabwe um, because I think um, they have so much to prove. Um, they've shown um, resilience. They sh they've shown a team that is desperate to actually stamp themselves in the African Cup of Nations. So maybe the Warriors might, might, might snap up um, the, the third slot there. Okay, thank you, Shina. Amr, now we go to Group 3 or Group C, which have two of the, the big names in Africa, Morocco and Ghana. They are uh, always there in the AFCON. They are uh, almost always there in the World Cup also, but uh, as you know, that uh, it's, it's been a very long time since they have won the uh, Africa Cup of Nations. Morocco since 1976, their only title, and Ghana since 1982, their fourth, and uh, 
at by then it was the record, but now it, it, they are overtaken by Egypt and Cameroon. And we are all uh, we also have Gabon who are returning after uh, missing the last edition, and Comoros who are having their debut in the uh, in the Afcon. Well, it looks likely Morocco are the big favorites to win this group, and you know that they have uh, some uh, some great individuals that are are currently uh, at their peak in Europe. We're talking about goalkeeper Yassim Bono with Sevilla, also joined by striker Yusuf Nasseri, uh, right back Ashraf Hakimi, who had a great season with Inter Milan before moving to Paris Saint Germain. And even if uh, Hakim Zayash is not having the best uh, of his days with uh, Chelsea, but he is still a big player and he can make the difference. And he has some motives to prove himself on, in Afcon uh, because we all remember that the penalty kick that he has missed against Benin in the round of 16 in the last edition in Egypt. So he has uh, like to to regain the fans' uh, support and the fans' trust once more uh, by leading Morocco f uh, further in this uh, in this group. But uh, the main problem for Morocco, even after coach uh, Wahid uh, Khalilovic has uh, taken over, and he, of course he is very experienced in Africa, whether with Ivory Coast or with uh, Algeria, the main problem is that they have to operate like a team. They have great individuals, but when it comes to playing like a team, they somehow disappoint some uh, sometimes. And even when they, uh, they played the two Afcons with Hervé Ronard, who is an expert in this competition, they couldn't go uh, further than the quarterfinals in 2017, and they were eliminated by Egypt. So uh, is it the time now for uh, Morocco, the Atlas Lions, to prove themselves and draw back in Africa and prove that they can win the competition? This will be the question. Uh, for Ghana, it's uh, it's very interesting to see uh, Seke uh, Akonur uh, taking charge of uh, the Black Stars, and it's uh, a renovation process. Uh, it's not uh, that the mighty team that had Michael Isian, Samoa Gian, uh, even Kwadu Samoa. All of these uh, big uh, names uh, are not there anymore. Andre Ayo, the same thing. So it's uh, it's the time for them to to to, to move on to to create a new generation that can take uh, or can match the ambition of uh, the Ghanaian crowds. I think it's it's very complicated for them. But uh, looking to Gabon and Comoros, yes, they can clinch second spot quite easily. Maybe Comoros, they, they have proved it during the qualification uh, that they are not an uh, an easy team. They are. Uh, the aged uh, Kenya and Togo to qualify, so they are a very good team with uh, Jamal Abdu, the coach who is playing also very uh, modern football uh, that can be compared somehow to Cap Verde in uh, Group A. So I think uh, Comoros uh, and Gabon is very even uh, contest to clinch the third spot if there is a third best to qualify from this uh, group. Gabon, of course, led by uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, will have... Uh, uh, the chance to uh, to prove that uh, they don't need to be the hosts to to just to to progress from uh, the group stage, and uh, we also have the, to, to to keep in mind that they are coached by Patrice Nouveau, and Nouveau, of course, is another expert of African football. So it will be a very interesting group. Talking about second, third places, there will be a huge competition. But I think Morocco is somehow um, far from uh, from this uh, from this challenge, and they will be uh, easily uh, topping this group. If things go the, uh, go normally, I mean, if there are not any surprises. Now we go to the uh, to the group that uh, <laughs> both of you are waiting for. <laughs> we have uh, this classical, this African classical with, between Nigeria and Egypt. Uh, you know, Lashina, we were talking me on number uh, last week, and uh, you know that we with some with some of our other friends, and we were saying that uh, Nigeria is like the Germany of African football. They're always in the semi-final, whatever <laughs> the, the case for the team. And Egypt is like Brazil of African football. They're always <laughs> one of the teams that uh, are 
you know, favorites to, to win the title. But this time they will meet again in the group stage and they're having Sudan, who had a, a marvelous qualification. Uh, <coughs> and also Guinea-Bissau that, that are becoming uh, a regular in the AFCON finals. So, Well, um, as soon as Nigeria became um, <laughs> the, the seeded team in this group, um, everyone in Nigeria went, <sighs> Egypt, you know, like, why Egypt? But remember the last time both countries played in the friendly in Asaba, Nigeria won 1-0. That was where Paul Onachu scored that um, beautiful um, 11 seconds goal. And that is the only thing Nigeria can celebrate over Egypt in the last you know, decade, they're about. Um, remember that encounter in Angola in 2010? How Egypt came back, um, Egypt won that game 3 1. Chinegu was a sport for Nigeria. But it's not the same Egypt that we are seeing now. I mean, you are Egyptians, you would agree that um, this is not um, the, the Egypt under Hassan Sheata, the, the, the famous African coach who went on, like the African Corporation was his property. He just went on and started winning everything, you know. So uh, Nigerians drew confidence in that and they believe that um, they have a team that can go on and probably top this group. I believe this is this this group is between Egypt and Nigeria who's going to come out top. I think both of them will be happy to just come out of the group and then start taking care of business. Nigeria under Genetro, they've come under huge pressure. The German coach is expected to win the AFCON. If he fails to win, he'll be sacked. But the man hasn't been paid his salary for seven, eight months. I don't know if that is a motivation or demotivation. So that could actually go into the tournament, play in the minds of the players. Remember, Nigeria were the first team in the AFCON last time to strike over unpaid bonus. So with Nigeria, they come to a tournament with many problems, baggages, uh, unpaid coach, unpaid players, bonus allowance, this, da, da, da. So this could be how the other teams in that group can actually get a chance over Nigeria because an unsettled super egos can be rattled by any team. Who would have thought they would lose to Madagascar at the last AFCON? But they were fighting over bonuses. So before they woke up, um, Madagascar had won and they were spending energy fighting. So I think Nigeria in that group, um, they are fantastic players. I don't need to mention their names. Um, with Egypt, I think when you mention Mohamed Salah, he has the most global appeal of all African players coming to this tournament. He's a huge star. You have Elmeni, who is back to his old self at Arsenal. So, and some of the other boys who have gone to the um, to Qatar or everywhere, just looking back into the Egyptian Premier League as well, you have stars from Halali, Zamale, players who can actually turn the table. So I think this is between Nigeria and Egypt, who's going to finish first or second. And then the other two teams in the group, I mean, Sudan, they are not the old team that we used to know. Um, they tend to go and come back and, you know, you you wonder if they are here to stay or they are just uh, participating in, in the tournament. So I think between them and Guinea-Bissau, that is where the tricky thing is. As I speak right now, I do not know who can finish and join Egypt and Nigeria. Forget about underestimating any team. Everybody all over the world will pick Nigeria and Egypt to come out of that group. Now we are going to pick who is going to join them. So it's between Guinea-Bissau and Sudan. There are other fantastic groups where you can have teams come out. So are we going to get a team that can finish third and come out of this group? Or we are going to have teams who are going to probably take out themselves and eventually just Nigeria and Egypt will come out of this group. So I think this is a lovely group. This is a fine group. And I think it's going to bring out the best from North Africa and the best from West Africa. Well, actually, it's a very interesting group, uh, taking into consideration the, the game between Algeria and Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, both are uh, going to show that uh, they, they deserve to go as, as far as possible in this competition. 
two of the heavy favorites uh, of this competition. And I think uh, it will be a very fascinating game. It will be a very fascinating challenge between them to see who is going to top uh, the group with all due respect to uh, Sierra Leone and the Equatorial Guinea. And uh, actually, when I, uh, when I talk about Cote d'Ivoire in particular, they have a very good coach, Patrice Bommel, who was assistant to Hervé Ronard when they last won the AFCON in 2015. And he knows very well how uh, AFCON should be played. And uh, they also have uh, very interesting players now uh, playing more or less at their peak in, uh, in Europe. We have uh, Frank Issier, who is, has been the man uh, to, to, to watch uh, for Cote d'Ivoire, even during the last uh, AFCON uh, in Egypt in 2019. I think they, uh, they have uh, the hunger. They know that they will be hosts next time. So they want to send a very strong message that they are here and they will be competing. And it, uh, there is nothing better than to play uh, AFCON at home as a defending champion. So they have to win this time. And they know that... Uh, it's all in, uh, all in their hands. But uh, facing Algeria very early in, uh, in the competition, you know, if the result is not uh, very positive, it can, uh, can be like a backlash for uh, the elephants. Anyway, Algeria, of course, led by Riyad Mahrez and uh, all the guys that were in Egypt, uh, uh, they, are, they are a very strong group. Uh, we, we have a very good uh, link with the coach uh, Jamal Belmadi, who has been in charge and led them to impressive results. Very, uh, that's how that was. Uh, I think the, it's a very impressive uh, unbeaten streak that had, has gone to, uh, to nearly 30 games so far. And we have to we have to wait and see what they do in the World, in the World Cup qualifiers. But uh, of course, they are the number one favorite to top this group. Maybe the third place is a stiff competition between Sierra Leone, who are finally back after 1996 their last uh, appearance. And uh, of course, they, they don't have Mohamed Kalon uh, this time, but, uh, uh, but they have uh, the hunger, they have uh, the, the pleasure to play. Of course, they would like to enjoy the event they will play without any kind of pressure so they can go all the way and, uh, and prove themselves. Well, Equatorial Guinea, as you mentioned, Adel, it's first time to, to not to qualify as hosts, to qualify uh, uh, normally. But uh, they had some experience of playing North African rivals. They, they played against Libya and they qualified at the expense of Libya. They got six points from uh, the Mediterranean Knights in the qualifying campaign. So uh, that can help him just a little bit to, uh, to ease the pressure when they face uh, the mighty Algeria. Um, and it's going to be, uh, as I said, it's very close challenge between them and Sierra Leone to clinch the third spot in this group. But if they not draw together, when they face each other, one team has to win to have a chance because it's, uh, it doesn't look very likely that any one of them can get a point, whether against uh, Ivory Coast or uh, Cote d'Ivoire or uh, Algeria. For uh, Group F, we have like a repeat for uh, what we had in, in Egypt and Suez because we had Tunisia, Mali and Mauritania. And uh, last time it was Angola, this time it's Gambia. So I think this is the, there's, these are teams that know uh, everything about each other, especially Tunisia and Mauritania. Even in the World Cup, they, every time they play against each other. So uh, I think this group is, is also uh, is looking nice. Also, we have three teams from the, from the South and with them Tunisia. So I think this, this will be going to be uh, an interesting group. Well, it's a very um, interesting group, uh, as I said. Um... Um, the three teams were in the same group, um, the last tournament, Egypt, and, and of course, Gambia now coming in 
into the mix um, uh, Mali Mali from our zone um, so um, we've um, we've not played Mali for some time but um, I remember in 2016 I was in workshop um, for um, for the, um, uh, um, for the qualifier between Altenia experience which um, the El Murabi tunes won on um, with the last gas winner um, in the, um, at the Olympic Stadium so it's to be a very difficult group for um, for for Gambia um, as as debutants um, there's so much hype here in Banjul and of course across the country but uh, realistically as debutants I think um, uh, these teams have the experience of going to the AFCON which would play in their favor, but also um, coming in for the very first time nothing nothing much is expected for us which I think would would also be very um, crucial um, 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 for Tom Sanfe and his team so 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 I think um, I said earlier we can win watch and yet still make it as well one of the best third place teams which is which is very very important so so for me um, the scope is going to enjoy the tournament and of course hopefully I'm a cause an upset I think uh... We can just have one last question about the AFCON before uh, reaching our uh, eyes, the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Amr and China and Momodo, uh, who is your favorite to uh, to lift the, the cup at the 6th of February? Well, Washina, go first. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, on paper, Algeria should retain their trophy. On paper, um, they look like the most organized team going into this tournament. Um, they look like a complete side. Um, the dark, the dark horse, in my opinion, is Senegal again. Um, I think um, those two countries. It's between. I, I think it's between um, Algeria and um, Senegal. But I'll go for Algeria to retain the trophy. Well, if I can have the stage, I feel I believe that it's time for Senegal. They know that it's it's kind of now or never. Because um, you know, in 2022, Sadio Mane is going to be 30. You know. Um, it's it's the, the beginning of the decline of this uh, golden generation. We can say it's like the generation of 2002 that uh, went to quarterfinals in the World Cup, and uh, many players are at their peak: Idrissa Ganagé, uh, Edouard Mendy, the goalkeeper at Chelsea, uh, Khalidou Koulibaly. So it's time for them, I think, to to win the trophy. They have. Uh, the motivation of gaining revenge. The, uh, they felt that uh, the, the, the title was uh, very close to them uh, in Egypt to, two years ago. So I think they have uh, the motivation to, uh, to, to do it this time. However, Algeria is still an iron-willed team. So it's, uh, it's, going, it's not going to be easy. And I expect another final between Algeria and Senegal. But it's very complicated for Algeria or, or for any other team just to, re to retain the title. So I fancy Senegal this time. Well, Vecina was talking about um, having been or, or else getting the sack. Um, I think um, Alou Cesar, as well, uh, me, um, he has been given so much time. And I and I think if he fails um, to lead Senegal to um, to the Afcon title, I think then that will mean that that um, he will get the sack. Um, they have a very good team, and of course they've reached their peak with the likes of Mane, uh, Ganagé, who has started really well in the French league uh, with um, PSG. So so I think um, they are producing 
talented young players coming through the ranks as well. So, so I think uh, my neighbors for me are um, is one team that I'm looking forward as the favourites to win the next um, uh, the next Afcon. Algeria, um, I've, I've, I've had the opportunity um, to see them play against the Gambia twice. Um, to go 27 matches without losing, that is no mean feat. And um, uh, Belmadi has done an incredible job. So. Uh, they will be also one of the favourites. So I think it's uh, my neighbour Senegal first and then um, Algeria second to retain the title. So the three of you are uh, having almost the same prediction. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, shift quickly to take a quick look at the uh, qualifiers for the 2022 uh, FIFA World Cup in Qatar. And we'll start with the, with the development that we are having that... Uh, as you, of course, all know, EPL, La Liga, and now Syria is joining in uh, the, not letting their clubs release the players for the uh, international agenda because, of course, of COVID uh, restrictions. So, uh, Ulashina, since I think you're uh, you're mostly linked to, to London more, more than us, can you tell us uh, what's the latest about this subject? Well, I think it's just... Um... It's, uh, it's for me, it's very um, expected, highly expected. Um, remember when the French um, teams, the clubs were going to stop the African players from coming in for um, qualifying matches in the, the last time um, for the AFCON? We all saw this. And the moment that our African World Cup qualifier were postponed in June into September, considering the pandemic and everything, we had foreseen some of these things were going to happen. But I didn't expect for Premier League teams to gather together and just come out um, without if statements. It's 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 a, it's an intent for them to actually keep those players. And I think when you look at the way the Comet Ball has gone with South America, I think they pushed Africa to where Africa is because they asked for extra extra days to make it three um, three more days. And then the European Club Association just had to come together and do this. I think at some point we might have a middle ground where we might have some exemptions it might really um it might really be um a situation whereby fifa might get you know um to get the british government the united kingdom government to actually say you know what the same opportunity that you've given to the european um cup of um, the Euro the euros um, semi-finals and finals for officials to come in and everything can also be carried out here in Africa. CAFA, it's not because we are in a CAFA forum here, but I think CAFA has actually done so much and so well in the, since the pandemic broke out to actually um, give an opportunity for African countries. There's a strict um, COVID protocol in place. Countries are adhering um, by these principles and by these rules. So I don't think um, um, the clubs will eventually get away with what they want because um, we also understand where the clubs are coming from. They don't want to lose the services of these players when they come back. Imagine Mohamed Salah was the first, as usual, um, the focal point by um, Liverpool to say we are not coming. And that's how the news just... Uh, now it's turning into um, a row that is actually building everything. Now you just mentioned Syria. The French Ligon are quietly saying their own as well. They always come out with their own statement anyway. So, but I think we might um, have a situation where FIFA that have stepped out now, CAF with a statement, is an intent to show that, look, you can give exemptions, but we can also try from our side to ensure that those players who are coming will not be exposed to some of these um, COVID fears and all of that because... How can we have the World Cup qualifier with Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, Edward Nandi, and then you go Algeria, Riyad Mahrez, and all of these players 
come on, um, they are sons of Africa. They would always want to be part of the um, um, the, the qualifying. Um, I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to be. Um, you know, predicting. You know, doom or what have you. I have a very strong feeling that at the end of the day, we would have a middle ground where clubs, um, the member associations in South America, in Africa, can all come together. Because when you look at the COVID cases, we don't have, uh, maybe apart from a few countries in Africa, we don't have the huge case in, say, Spain, Italy, England, and um, you know all of these countries who have actually been hit by COVID. So I think we would definitely have a middle ground. But was it unpredictable, unexpected? I really, really much expected this. Ambra, I think now it's uh, it's also uh, an unusual situation that we're having the whole group stage in less than three months. We're having two games in September, two in October, and two in November. This is, uh, I think, this is the first time to to see that the World Cup qualifiers playing uh, played on this short uh, span of time, and I think this uh, this means that that the the current situation is is the the situation that will last till the end because you know in the past uh, world cup editions we used to have the qualifiers for maybe a whole year or maybe uh, two years so there were many changes and many cha- there may change in the forms and in the players but now it's the situation is totally different how do you think this will affect the the qualifier this time well honestly this is uh, good news for coaches because <laughs> every team will think twice about before firing a coach and changing uh, the technical stuff because there, there is a short space of time to how to find a replacement and uh, to help him adapt to the to the new environment so i think uh, for the first time we will not see as many sackings as as we used to have in the african qualifiers it's also very good that we uh, that it, it means also there will not be uh, any other postponement for uh, for uh, for the uh, for the qualifiers because uh, they were uh, you know they were delayed two or three times now and i think that means that we in a short period of time we will have this thing done finally and this also means as as you were talking with Luashina, uh, um, there is no space to delay the, the qualifiers uh, on the light of the crisis with the british government over the COVID-19 restrictions and the release of African players. So uh, this is good news for coaches, good news for uh, football fans as well, because we are guaranteed that we are going to finish these qualifiers in a short period of time. And it will be, you know, it will be kind of a small AFCON or not not, not an AFCON, but the unfamiliar AFCON type qualifiers. So it's going to be very interesting. And I, uh, I'm looking forward to these qualifiers when they kick off in a few days. And uh, actually, I, I expect uh, a lot of surprises in, in the, this time. Yeah, you finished with the question I was asking uh, Modo about. Do you expect surprises this time? Or uh, because, you know, uh, we are having 10 groups. We'll have the 10, top 10 teams going to the playoffs. So uh, most, of, most of the football fans are not expecting any surprises. They are saying that the top team in each group will go to the playoffs. But do you expect surprises? Because this short uh, schedule also uh, may allow surprises because you know the, the teams should take it from the, from the start. It's like from the 100 meters in the Olympics. You, you cannot stop. So uh, do you expect surprises this 
given the format and the, um, the short period of time, as you said, having um, a two um, a two match days in in each international window, um, that will maybe give us the opportunity to have um, a surpri surprises in the in in the teams that, um, uh, that would top the group because um, the top teams would um, make it um, true. So so for me, I think um, it's 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 possible. Me me coming from a country that is not participating in this stage of the World Cup qualifiers. Um, um, we were booted out uh, by a strong opponent whom we showed in the in the Afghan qualifiers that, that on our day we can beat any team. But but for me, I think um, um, with the current realities with, with COVID, you, um, uh, you, you never know um, if a star player contracts um, um, the virus or is unavailable. Um, you have to play two, um, two, uh, two matches in a short um, a space of time um, that 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 might be um, it might be possible to have um, to have surprises and then uh, we all love surprises even even though we want our countries um, um, to top the group but I think um, uh, um, as a neutral um, in terms of um, uh, the World Cup qualifiers I would I want to see the lesser uh, fancy um, teams um, uh, as Gambia did in the Afghan qualifiers um, um, to have an impact and of course hopefully uh, make it to Qatar. Thank you, Olashina. Thank you, Amr. Thank you, Momodo. It was very nice having you. And uh, looking forward to see you in Cameroon first and then, inshallah, in the upcoming events. So much. See you.